In the Word on the Go is brought to you by New Growth Press, the publisher helping every person grow closer to Christ. As you're making a list for the little ones in your life this time of year, don't forget about the new releases at New Growth Press, including the new picture book, Why Do We Say Goodnight? Going to bed and turning out the light can be a scary time for many children, so this book reminds little ones that Jesus watches over them all night long, just like a shepherd protects his sheep. Find your next read to encourage you in your faith and learn more about new releases at newgrowthpress.com. This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm your host, Champ Thornton. Whether you're listening by yourself or with the family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I'm welcoming back Dr. Timothy Paul Jones. Timothy is Associate Vice President at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. He teaches there in the areas of family ministry and applied apologetics. He also pastors in that area at Sojourn Community Church. And Dr. Jones has also authored or edited more than a dozen books, including Perspectives on Family Ministry, Christian History Made Easy, and most recently, a great book on leadership called The God Who Goes Before You. Timothy, welcome back to the podcast. Great to be with you again. So I'm looking forward to hearing what verse you have for us today. Well, the one I have is Matthew chapter 2 and verse 18, which is actually a quotation uh, from Jeremiah, but I'll go ahead and read it from Matthew chapter 2 and verse 18, where it says, A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be consoled because they are no more. So before we get into any of the background of this verse, can you just explain, like, what is this verse saying? Okay, so if we just kind of look at the the big picture of this text, where it appears in Matthew is uh, as as sort of a reflection that Matthew provides us with on the innocents that are massacred in Bethlehem after the wise men leave, uh, and after it's clear to Herod that they, he, that he has been tricked by them uh, into not finding uh, the king that the star they followed and brought them to Jesus, uh, they had left by the other way, and Herod massacres all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, and it has this particular text from Jeremiah in that context. So, you said that this verse is a quotation from Jeremiah. So, give us that background. What's the Old Testament context there? Well, it's in Jeremiah chapter 31, which is mostly this whole chapter that is really very hopeful. It's about the end of their exile. And yet, in the midst of all this chapter of hope, there is this recollection of the fall of Israel and Judah and of this notion of weeping for her children. It seems that in the midst of all of that, that even children had been killed by the Babylonians and and by the Assyrians. And it's giving us this vision of this brokenness that is felt even in the midst of the joy that is going to happen when they are eventually are freed from their exile. So, with that in mind, let me read it again. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 2. This is verse 18. The Christian Standard Bible has it like this. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be consoled because they are no more. So how has this verse impacted you personally? 
Well, in my own life, this was a very powerful verse. In fact, it it became the name Rachel that we named our first daughter. Her middle name is Rachel as a result of this text. And mm. when I first really studied this text in Jeremiah and the looked at it also in Matthew chapter 2, was at a point we had gone through about a year uh, in which we had found out that we could not have biological children and then had lost three different children in terms of adopting them. Uh, mm. The adoption was supposed to go through and then it fell through. Mm. And and I ran across this text that mentioned refusing to be consoled because these children are no more. And that was where we were at wow. in the midst of that year. We were could not be consoled because the children were no more. And what I, I recognized in this text, even in the midst of all that brokenness, was that both in Matthew and in Jeremiah, this text is right in the middle of beauty and hope, <laughs> that, that God acknowledges the pain in the midst of the beauty and the hope. And that's really what hit me, is that, that God acknowledges our pain even in the times of joy. I didn't have to act like everything was okay and together, God himself would acknowledge our pain. And when I, when this text, when it really hit me was we went through that year, uh, my wife and I didn't even celebrate Thanksgiving or Christmas that year. And we had this sense, this feeling of this pressure of the culture. We have to celebrate. We have to celebrate. Mm. And this text in essence said to me, no, it's okay just to pause and to acknowledge the deep pain, and that in His own Word, God is willing to pause and to acknowledge the pain even in the midst of all the joy and of all the salvation. He stops and He acknowledges the pain, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be consoled because they are no more. And and it just gave a comfort in the midst of that, in that particular year that we went through. This verse resonates with the pain in our own experience. It resonates in terms of this rings true. This isn't just somebody spinning a tale. This is authentic. This really happened. And then, you know, it also opens a window into the heart of what our God is like. Talk to us about that. What does this verse teach us about the nature of our God? Well, I think what it sets us up for in Matthew in particular is a God who does indeed enter into our suffering. I think of Isaiah chapter 53 where it says that he has uh, that he has borne our diseases, our sorrows. Uh, he didn't just bear our sins by Jesus coming to earth and by living as he did and dying as he died. He didn't just carry our sins, which would have by itself been enough and would have been wonderful if he had just carried our sins, but he did not merely carry our sins. He carried our sorrows, all of our brokenness. So, when we look at the cross and in Matthew's gospel, at the end of Matthew, where he Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When he cries that out, what we are reminded is that God himself in Christ has entered into our pain and entered into our sorrow, and he has embraced it as his own, and he has done so not helplessly, but he has done so triumphantly. Uh, and yet, because he has entered into it, there is a sense in which our pain is, is sanctified in mm. Christ. Our pain is made holy uh, 
in Christ, and we can embrace pain and suffering without us feeling as if somehow we, we're less Christian or sub-Christian or less holy because we hurt. And that's one of the things that I feel like we give the impression of in church sometimes is that people are less holy or sub-holy because they hurt. Yeah. And no, our hurt is holy. And I, and I want people to hear that your hurt is holy. And, and it's okay just to hurt at times. We don't stay there. God doesn't leave us there. But it's okay for us to embrace that because through what Jesus did on the cross, our hurt has become holy. Mm, that's so helpful. So, would you just take a moment and pray this verse for our listeners today as we close? Our God, we, in our lives, we resonate with, we echo at times, Rachel weeping because it seems like there's no hope. And yet, we're also reminded that you have placed these words about your people. You have placed those in the midst of hope. And in the same way, our hurt happens in the midst of hope. And I ask that you would show us how you are working through our hurt to make us whole and to make us like Jesus and provide us with people around us who will speak into our lives, who will love us, who will be your presence to us in the moments that we can't see your presence because it is so clouded by the darkness and the pain that you will put people in our lives to be your presence to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. This episode is brought to you by New Growth Press, which aims to bring gospel-centered resources to every church and home. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.